Today on Church and State, Biblical Archaeology with Bob Cornuke. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren, once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. Well, we are has absolutely blessed to have with us Bob Cornuke. A lot of you who are averse in biblical archaeology, like me, I absolutely am I'm hoping not to offend Bob by saying this, but I nerd out on biblical archaeology. I, I love to go down the rabbit hole, delve into it. A few years back, I got to go to Jerusalem, spend time, never got to actually go up on the Temple Mount. But right now, this is a very relevant conversation, Caleb, being that Alaska Wave, the name of the actual fight that's uh, you know happening in the name of Hamas Freedom Fight, they killed uh, over 1,400 people. That was all because you can of... You call them terrorists. Yeah, right. that was all because of what was going on on that little 40-acre plot of land in Jerusalem. It's one of the most fought-over pieces of property. Somebody who, uh, you know, has been there, wrote books on it, is here with us today. Yeah. So this is, so a, this is an awesome opportunity. Real for quick, and I'm not going to belabor this because I want to get to our guests, but churchandstate.media, you know it, you love it. Share this episode. This is going to be a fascinating episode for us. You can donate there. You can take advantage of our affiliates. And remember, if you want to contact, contact us, churchandstate1776 at proton.me. With that, it is my pleasure to bring Bob Cornuke onto Church and State. Now, Bob is a former FBI-trained police investigator and SWAT team member. He's now an biblical investigator, international explorer, and best-selling author. He's actually has 11 books here, Gabe. It's incredible. Uh, and he has traveled all across the world unearthing proof that the Bible is true. So with that introduction, Bob, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. So we've been talking a little bit off uh, camera here, and uh, you've got a lot to talk about. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to dive in right away is what Gabe alluded to, the temple. Because uh, most people, through tradition, believe that it's right there at the Dome of the Rock. And as Gabe said, this is a fought-over real estate. But you have some different ideas on that. Well, you know, tradition is talked about by Jesus in the Bible as being an impediment to truth. Um, the, he actually says the Bible will, uh, tradition will nullify the Word of God, which is a very strong pronouncement. And with, with that said, we've allowed ourselves to become victims and I mean even calcified within the traditions that were told as children and we are not allowed to even question that at, at, at the risk of really uh, having our, our brain waves examined drug through the internet and then thrown back us back at us as vitriol and I am just astounded that that there's not an open dialogue of discussion about any of these subjects without really evoking the anger in people. And then they go to the internet and they just attack you personally. Um, and so uh, I, that, that's what's really amazing to me is that we're not even allowed to have a discussion anymore. Uh, but the discussion is necessary because history has been mangled by these traditions. If you go to Jerusalem today, about 95% you go to these places are probably not the correct place. And so they put a gift shop and a church there and a shrine, and then and 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 there you go. Once it becomes economically viable, uh, then you you can't even question it. Uh, so 
I think that we could use the Bible as a, as a mediator and arbitrator in all this, and that's what I try to do. I try to use the Bible in a way as an investigator does, because the Bible is, is an eyewitness. The Bible is telling us what happened, where it happened, how it happened, to whom it happened, and, and, and so we need to really pay attention to the Word of God, and the Word of God is crystal clear that the temple is in the city of David. It mentions it all over Scripture, but... Um, you know, the problem is, is that is that people have agendas and scholars have agendas and they've written books and they want to protect their 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 reputations. So they will attack anybody that even mentions something different than that. Recently, I was over going to give a lecture to a large group of people on stage. And one of the people had written a book on where the temple was and saying it's up on the Temple Mount. And he went to the people that were putting on the talk and they, they came to me and said, look, um, this guy's a big name archaeologist, so here's your ticket to go home, and you can't even go on the stage. He won't even allow you to go on the stage. And I said, well, wait a second, I, I have a lot to say here and discuss, and I'd be willing to be very, uh, very honorable in, in, our, in our discourse. But the problem with, with Christians today is they think, well, it's more important to say where something is located than how we treat each other as Christians. It's just opposite. God is more interested in how we treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and not where these silly locations are. But for some people, these locations are important and it inspires them. So I, I'm involved with it and I'm trying to do use my skills as a former investigator One of those to try and have all these mysteries. One of those clues that people hotly debate is in Matthew 27, it talks about how the, the veil was torn and there was an earthquake. And then it says, now as for the centurion and those who were with him, keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the other things that were happening, what are those other things? Like the veil being torn. Okay. They were afraid and said that truly this was the son of God. So many people have this really hard time trying to explain if the temple is in this location, um, and there's the traditional site of Golgotha, which I, I don't even, you, you've written a book on where Golgotha is based right. on, but based on your theory, as far as where you think the temple mount is in the city of David, would the centurions have been able to see the veil being torn? Or was that something that was just written about? No, the, the eyes are like a, 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 a rifle barrel. You, you, they, they, they go in one direction. And so when, when somebody says that they see something, let's say you, you can't see the front of the church if you're in the back of the church. And you can't see the back of the church if you're in the front of the church. So when, the, so when Scripture is saying that they saw the temple curtain rent, and the temple curtain was on the east side of the temple, and the temple was facing east, mm -hmm. then they would have had to have been east of there. Right. And so what we have is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is actually west of there. Right. Um, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was found by uh, uh, Helena, who's a mother of Constantine. Who's right. Emperor. She went over with the intent of finding the crosses of Christ. She went there and she couldn't find it. And she asked some of the locals and said, hey, can anybody tell me where these crosses are? Well, a week, two, a month later, whatever, a guy named Judas stepped out of the shadows, who was Jewish, and said, hey, I can show you where these are. He went with shovel and a bunch of people and dug up three crosses. Voila, those are the three crosses from from the uh, uh, you know the the crucifixion event, and so now we have uh, this is the place of pronouncement where it is. Uh, he obviously planted those things because they found the rod with the sponge on it, and then the thorn of Jesus, and now we have these disseminated throughout the world as as in, in shrines of churches and reliquies which people are looking at, and tourists are looking at, and saying, "Oh, I'm looking at a piece from the cross." What they're looking at is a piece of wood. 
that was faked to be the cross, unfortunately. But um, you have to be east of there, and the and the the, the even even the, the Christian area that they say uh, the Protestant uh, uh, place is um, the uh, uh, Gordon's Calvary. Uh, because there's two holes in the side of a cliff, and they say, well, that's a skull. Even though the Romans never named anything after uh, an object, they named it after people, like uh, the Fortress of Antonio was, was uh, named after Mark Anthony because he was friends of Herod. So, so this is just ridiculous. We, we don't know. What we're doing is we, we, we're regurgitating and not investigating, which is totally opposite. Uh, there's two ways to find proof. One is premise plus proof, which is, which is totally flawed, which is what our universities do today. They say, here's a premise. They put all their hypothetical uh, source material around it, and they come up with, um, with an opinion. And when they put source material around it, that's called footnoting, and they footnote only people that agree with them. Right. So, but we do is, as cops, we come up with a thing called problem plus possibility, or else you're going to be putting a lot of innocent people in jail because you have an agenda to put people in jail. So what we do is problem plus, problem plus possibility is you come up with a problem. For instance, Scripture says that in, in Galatians 4.25 that Mount Sinai is in Arabia, and uh, that's a problem. So where do you look? You look in a place uh, that the Bible says, which is Arabia. We went there and we found all these incredible things around the mountain, it's just, you know, pillars and rocks and, and things all over that are just amazing. And a lot of people have been there after me. And uh, uh, we believe that the Bible is clearly saying that Mount Sinai is in Arabia. And the Bible's not wrong. The Bible is God's revelation of himself to man. And we have truth there we can rely on. But uh, these man's traditions and agendas, they seem to take precedent over what the Word of God actually says. Now, one of the things that you used as proof, we were talking off camera once again, uh, but you were talking about the running water, and that was only actually found in the city of David. And you were talking about uh, all of the different sacrifices that were, were required in the temple and the, how they would have had to have access to that running water in order to be clean before the Lord. You have to have, that's exactly right. You need to have running water, pure living water. Uh, for instance, you know, uh, when Moses struck the rock, water came out of it. It's not cistern water, which gets bugs and algae and, and, and it's not corrupt. You need to have pure water. So what you have is in the city of David, you have the Gion Springs and that's running water. And the Bible says that, uh, um, that, um, um, Solomon was taken down on, on King David's mule, and he was taken to the Gion, where he was anointed with oil from the tabernacle, from where the ark. Everybody's now saying, and I just talked to Eli Shukran over there, and they were saying, everybody's saying, yeah, the temple, the tabernacle was in the city of David. It was where the ark was, and it's where the priests were going in and doing their priestly duties. You need to have running water, and everything is laminated over that going up. So you have Solomon's temple, Jerubbabel's temple, Herod's temple, all going above that. So what people are is just not informed, or, they emotion, or they're emotionally driven by what their parents or pastors have told them. Forget what the parents tell them. What for the pastors tell them? Go and follow it with what the Word of God is. That's what the Bereans did, and Paul called them noble. He said, because you check the Scriptures, even checking what I'm saying, Paul said, you're noble for doing that. So be noble and say whatever I say or anybody else says, follow what the Word of God says, and that will lead you, that, that, is, that is the plumb line, and that is, that is the mediator of truth. Based on what you're saying, recently they've, they've, they've had even, uh, you know, Levitical... Uh, 
feet and hand washing and, and like, like washing of actual ceremonially, uh, you know, addressing physical vestments and stuff like that. They've had the Temple Institute washing at the very, very southern base down by the Gihon. They, they believe this could have been the actual washing area as people came and traveled up the hill to the temple. Is, is that something that you agree with? Because they've, they've been doing stuff down I, there. I, I, I'm hearing this for the first time, so I haven't heard that those people are making the, the, that, that kind of proclamation. But the Temple Institute does say that the temple is up on the Temple Mount. When Scripture is saying, you know, Psalm 46.4 says that it's the, the temple is in the place where the running water is. Read it in Scripture. It says it's right there. It says this is the place of the temple is where the running water goes. And so we have Scripture after Scripture talking about Zion, you know, when when Herod, when when. Uh, David took over the Jebusite fortress, which is the city of David. They called it Zion. Now, there's probably 15 places in Scripture where it says the temple is in Zion. But now Zion has expanded out and become right. a monitor for the nation of Israel. Just for instance, is, you know, we have Washington, D.C. It goes all the way now to Washington State. So we have we, 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 we have to be careful and we have to really be smart about what, what the Bible is telling us. And the Bible is screaming from the from the treetops that the city of David is the place of the temple. So I don't want to put wor- words in your mouth, Bob, but um, do you suspect that in the not too distant future that there is going to become like this this revelation that yes, indeed, the temple is in the city of David. They're going to find some archaeological evidence that that is indisputable, and that that will be where the third temple is built. Well, they've, they've, they've found stuff that's indisputable. They've found boule of people that actually worked in the temple there. Now, if they found it on the Temple Mount, you see headlines saying this is it. But they haven't found anything up there. They found some tiles recently, and they say, oh, they're pretty tiles. They must be in the, from, 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 from the temple. So everybody starts looking at these tiles and say, the tiles are from the temple. No, they're tiles. And they could have been from a Roman villa up there because the Romans occupied that. You see, where were the Romans? You see, this is what the skeptics don't say. Where were the Romans who were there for over, since the time of Pompeii to, you know, maybe 245 after that, they they were gone. So they were there for like 300 years. They had 10,000 people there in the in, in in the legion at the Fortress Antonio. Where is that? Nobody's found a brick of where the where the Roman fortress is because it's been right in front of them. That's the Temple Mount. Every Roman fortress that you go around the world and see is about the same size and the same rectangular dimensions as the Temple Mount. That is why it's still there because it wasn't destroyed when when uh, Hadrian destroyed it, when when went over and uh, Titus destroyed it uh, down to. You wouldn't even recognize the whole of the city. Everything was destroyed. But yet this big, huge thing is, is, is there today that we have because that was Roman. They didn't want to destroy it. They, they destroyed the temple down in the city of David. So much so that Jose, uh, Josephus said you wouldn't even know that there was a, uh, a temple there. And, he, and Josephus also described where, where the Roman fortress is. He says that it would be comprised of several cities. That's what we see up on the Temple Mount because they had a lot. Now, recently, I've, I've dug into Josephus, who is an eyewitness, and he talks about the ancient walls of the city of David, what we believe to be Nehemiah's fortress. And he talks about going along the, the west side, then turning at the Pool of Siloam, coming up to the Ophel, and that's the place of the temple. So he drew a, a, a thing from me. And I seem to be the only one that's followed this, but I, I followed, I walked it exactly as he said. And when I came to the Ophel, which is south of the city of David, right there's the Gion Springs, and right there's where the temple is. 
Josephus drew me a, a, a treasure map to it. I show it to scholars and I go, <clears throat> well, you know, he's not a good guy. He said some things that were wrong. No, he was an incredible guy when he talked about uh, preposition, you know, prepositions where things were located. He was a little bit shining of the apple when he talked about how great the generals were in the Romans. But in those days, he, he needed to protect his neck. But when he talked about where things were located, no one's ever disputed him. So I find that to be really credible. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, do, you, do you see what's going on right now as far as, I, I don't want to wander off too much, but do you see this this fighting that's going on? Is this is this simply because we see that, that this is actually something that's going to happen and, and be revealed very soon? Or is this, you know, who knows, is, is this years and years and years away from ever being fully disputed? No, no we're, 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 we're hyperspeed, Chewy. Okay, we're, we're, you know, put your seatbelts on, put your head back in the headrest because we're flying through the tip of the arrow through history right now. Revelation and, 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 and prophecy is coming alive. Now, we've heard that forever. We've heard that, you know, you know that, 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 you know, Hitler was the Antichrist. No, all the pieces of the puzzle have never come together like this. The nation of Israel coming back together, what's happening, the persecution. The Bible talks about you persecute Israel. You're going to be cursed if you support them. You're going to be blessed. We're seeing everything come together. And one of those, I believe, could be the temple being rebuilt, where the Antichrist goes in, because we, we read the, the, the next thing that needs to happen is that, uh, you know, um, is uh, for, for, the, for, for, the, for the tribulation to begin, to be the kickoff for the tribulation, um, we need to have a temple. And there's no temple going to be built upon the Temple Mount, especially even re because of recent things that have happened. But Here's the, here's the newsflash. A temple doesn't even need to be built. Right. It can be a tent. Yeah. And it can be erected tomorrow in the city of David. And they're already talking to me about this. And I'm talking to the Jews over there. And I'm talking to guys all the way up the chain of archaeology and in government. And they're talking about this, guys. And they're talking about building a tabernacle over there and setting it up and then starting to do um, their, uh, their, their sacrifices. Yeah, the daily sacrifice. The Antichrist has, goes in, de declares himself God, and stops temple worship and sacrifices, declares himself God, and that kicks off the last three and a half years of uh, tribulation. But we need to have a sort of a peace area where everybody's going to say, peace, peace, peace. We're going to look to this guy who's very charismatic. You know, I thought it was uh, I thought it was Obama at, at a while, but I, I think Satan has better taste than that. So I think we, <laughs> I think we have an Antichrist who come across this, the, the scene. He's going to be very charismatic. He's going to bring a little bit of peace back, and everybody's going to look at him as being the Messiah almost, and and declare and he'll go in and declare himself God. And so that's what's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen in the city of David. I think a tent will be erected there because you have the running water. The tent was there before. They're going to see the reason they're going to justify that is scripture says that the, that the tabernacle was there at the time and the ark was there at the time. Which uh, And I'm glad you just brought up the ark because I know you've done a lot of research into this as well. And I wanted to transition into that. I mean, the, the, the temple is absolutely fascinating. I could talk to you for hours about this. Unfortunately, we only have a 30-minute show. So let's talk a little bit about that Ark of the Covenant. Well, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, I, I wrote a book about it uh, uh, in being in, in Ethiopia. If you've seen me on History Channel or Travel Channel with Josh Gates... That, that's all in Ethiopia now. Do I know that the Ark is there? No, but uh, I'm confident to say they believe they have something that they believe to be the Ark 
or it is the actual arc. And I can paint a very, if you ever want to do another show, I can, I can paint a whole picture of how the arc could have gotten there. But it's very interesting because we have verses such as uh, in Zephaniah 3.10 and from Isaiah 18 that talk about a great gift coming to Christ from Ethiopia. And a lot of people speculate that is actually the top of the ark, which is gold. The bottom of the park is, is made out of wood, so it'd be corruptible, laminated with gold. But the upper part is pure gold, and that is the only thing that could be on earth that could be the throne of Christ in the messianic reign because that's where they put the blood of propitiation on top of the ark and in front of the ark. That's that's about a four hour lecture, but I just gave you that in about two minutes. So. Is that is that necessary for that same conversation? Is is that is that vestige that piece which you and I we believe that Jesus is already he's the sacrifice. So all these objects are are basically even to us very cool relics, but they're they're nothing in comparison to who Jesus is. But does this object need to be something that's in the tabernacle for this end no, prophecy to happen? We, we have, I'm sorry to interrupt. We have tantalizing clues, for instance, that say that, uh, you know, in the day, in that day, no one will ever talk about the ark. There'll be no mention of the ark. However, the next verse, 17, is is from 16 to 16, and from 17 is, at that day, Jerusalem shall be th- called the throne of Christ, uh, be called the throne, and all nations shall be gathered unto it. A lot of people believing that that's actually going to be the throne of Christ. But then again, that's that's one of those things where we're into the shadows of, of nebulous conjecture and not on solid ground of biblical references actually saying that the that the, the temple will be in the city of David. Now that's solid ground we're on. The other thing is just fun conjecture about what the, the tabernacle is going to, or the, the ark is going to be. Gotcha. All right. And you've also done some incredible work in uh, Noah's Ark, uh, which I, I love all of this. I, I, I so love biblical archaeology because it, it's proving what we already know, what we already have the faith in. And for me, when I went to Israel, I know Gabe's been there. I know you've been there countless times. But to, to actually see the history and to watch it, just have it come alive, it, it's so uplifting uh, within our faith. But uh, you've done a lot of discovery into uh, where Noah's Ark could be, and you did it through actually following the floodplains uh, of, say, Iraq. Well, I, I'm credited with being the man who has searched for, more hours and distance and time than anybody that's ever lived on planet Earth on Noah's Ark. Um, I'm an expert on looking for Noah's Ark. Uh, we have found something over in Iran uh, when I was with Josh McDowell and Frank Turek and guys like that that is wood, is petrified wood. It's about a 400-foot object. The reason you don't see me on the news saying that is because we're far from making that kind of a proclamation. It could probably do more harm than good. In fact, if we ever find Noah's Ark, we should just burn the thing because then it would become a, become a cult object for people and they bring their babies in front of it and they start worshiping it, which we need to not make these objects idols and, and worship objects that we have. They should be an inspiration. The inspiration is not the, art, the, the, the cross itself, but what happened on the cross. The, you know, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of, of Noah uh, would become this worship object. And what it, what it really was is a, uh, is, is a forerunner of Jesus. If you're on that Ark, you survive. If you're off the Ark, you perish. When that door on the Ark closes, you're either on the Ark or off the Ark. There's no spiritual Switzerland. So you got to be on the ark or off the ark. And here's the big problem is that people want to be on the ark and off the ark today. You know, they want to take a handhold here, the world and the handle of Christ. And Christ is, I think, coming down to these end days. I think there's going to be a fish or cut bait kind of moment where God, God is saying, guys, you better make a decision. Do you want to be in the world and follow the world or do you want to be with me? 
and the, native, the, the gate is narrow getting into, into heaven, and the, and the road is wide to destruction. We need to realize that. We need to be on that narrow road. We put our turn indicators on, and we need to slide over there. We need to get into the right place. And we're right now, we've got, we got an eight-lane highway going through history of people making all these guesses on what God is and what this is and what that is. But um, we need to start focusing, hyper-focusing on Christ right now. Yeah, no, I, I, and we couldn't agree with you more on this show. Uh, you're absolutely right. Very compelling argument to worship Christ and, and to not care about the world. Now, you actually, uh, just kind of returning back to uh, how we started the conversation, you were in uh, the Dome of the Rock, and you sent us some pictures, and we're actually going to put those up for our audience right now because most people recent. are never allowed into the Dome of the Rock, but you were allowed to. Yeah, this, this is weird. I was over there and a guy came to the hotel and said, hey, uh, you know, and David Seeloff helped me on this one, who's who's in Washington, great guy on, on the temple. He wrote, wrote he, he, he's a, a temple guy that believes us in the, in the city of David as well. And he said, hey, I, I get these guys that really like you and they like your books and stuff and they want to and they want to help you out. And I said, what is it? They said, well, they know a guy. They know a guy, and we always have to have a guy that knows a guy. And he knows a guy that's kind of running who gets in to see the Dome of the Rock. And Muslims don't even get in there. And I said, well, I'll never get in there. So said, well, show up tomorrow. And I went there with my wife. She has to be all covered, her head covered. And they put, even, even though she's covered from nose to toes and, and down to her, down to her she, they even wrapped her around another blanket around her head wow. and her body. To go in. So we went in there, and um, I'm inside the, the temple. Uh, the uh, the Dome of the Rock and uh, and and um, and then they took me in the Alaska Mosque. This is the Alaska Mosque that's on the screen. This is where uh, the uh, the you know where all everybody's praying and it, and it's this massive area. But inside, and I don't know if you have the the picture of the inside. The Dome of the Rock is sort of a gold thing. If your producer can slide that up there, yeah. there we are. Um, that's inside the Dome of the Rock there, and that's like five weeks ago, four weeks ago photo. That's pretty, pretty rare. So is this fact, the second story up above? So you're, you're kind of in the vaulted area above or I, I, I'm in the up, I'm in the upper area, right? Uh, the, the, which the dome and it's very filigreed and gold and whatnot. Um, this is where they believe the, uh, the, the, the Muslims believe that, uh, Muhammad, Muhammad went to heaven aboard his, aboard his horse named Barack. You can't make this. Stuff up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so this is where they say, so they, it's the third most holy shrine, the most holy being Mecca. And then you have Medina and then here. So this, is why uh, this is never going to be a place where the Jews are going to rebuild their, their temple. And it's this was days not. before the actual attack in Gaza. This is days before the actual attack. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm probably one of the last ones to get in here who's a Westerner wow. or, a, or a Gentile in their eyes. Yeah, and it, honestly, you pro there probably Internet. will no longer be allowed any Westerners yeah, into yeah, this yeah, place. Yeah, we, we won't. But uh, this uh, this is the same place that the when when the uh, the Crusaders climbed upon this dome in 1099, uh, when they went on the crusade with Urban II, what they did is they put a they put a cross on top of it and they called it Templum Domini, which was the the Temple of God. And then all of a sudden, in Europe, when they heard this, it became totally popular and it was it spread like wildfire and that and and that cemented it as being the place of the temple because of that guy saying templum domini before that no one even knew where the temple was but now they're starting to believe it even even up until you know in the 11th century people are saying i don't know where the temple is and a guy named tudela a rabbi said let's just settle on a place and let's just call this the place of the temple that's the evidence that we have nothing more than that wow. just Bam, that guy's saying, hey, we got to sell in a place. They had four other places they were considering, and they accepted this place. 
Well, just ridiculous. It is. Uh, and Bob, we unfortunately are out of time. I wanted to uh, let the audience know that they need to go to the website, baseinstitute.org. This is where you can find a lot of this information, uh, all of his books as well. I highly recommend that you purchase some of those and, and get to reading. Uh, but Bob, we've really enjoyed our time and we're going to have to have you back as a guest. Thanks. And anytime, Caleb, David, um, my son, Connor, wanted to say hi. He wants me to give a bump for Turning Point and tell everybody to come to AmeriFest because it'll be amazing. I'll be there uh, and uh, you come up and say hi to me or, or punch me in the nose if you don't agree with me. <laughs> well, I'll, look forward. I'll, I'll be there as well. Yeah. So I'll look forward to, to seeing you there. And, and I love your son. He's, he's just a fantastic coworker. Great. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Church of State is sponsored in part by the Constitution Party and Patriot Church. I'm Gabe Blomgren, and a calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. 